Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Willcast. It's the podcast with the most creative name in the entire world. Thanks for tuning in as always. I appreciate it. Liking, commenting, subscribing, all that good stuff. Today, Christian Nilsson, back with round number two in in real life. This time? Yes. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's nice to have you back. And um, yeah, always exciting to talk to you. You just finished your bachelor project. How'd that go? Went well. Uh, yeah, I've been working on it for about four months. And uh, it was the final thesis for the bachelor's degree in sports science. And um, yeah, it's one of those things that, you know, you kind of fear until you're in it. Mm -hmm. And then it's actually a pretty nice process overall. And you look back at it and you're like, oh, that wasn't that bad, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what I feel like with all like bigger projects uh, I've been through ed educational wise. Um, so yeah, maybe I'll take the masters, uh, later. Um, and then I'll, uh, yeah, then I know I can hand, I could handle the bachelors and I could probably handle the masters as yeah. well. But for now, uh, uh I'm taking a, a break educational wise. Mm. So how long would the masters be? Two years. Two years. Yeah. Okay. And so you're thinking about going a year working before taking a master's? Actually, uh, it's not in the plans right now to take the master's. Mm. Uh, the most important thing for me and, and the main reason I, I did the bachelor's degree in sports science was to get, you know, some education mm. um, because, you know, this whole wave of people sharing uh, fitness um, advice and, and making educational videos like that online, uh, not to put anyone else down, but there are a lot of people who don't have a lot of education mm -hmm. on it not that you need education to be an expert in something at all but i felt like it could help me uh take the like academic route or yeah. get some academic background mm. at least uh, that wouldn't be bad yeah uh, at least so for now i'm satisfied with having the bachelor's degree and um also, it's very time-consuming to mm. study, obviously. Yep. Uh, so right now, I, I'm just really happy to be able to focus a lot more on my work, making new content, and being more for my, you know, being there more for my clients. Mm. Um, and then maybe later, I want to take the masters, but it's not in the plans right now. Yeah, it's interesting. It's something I, I literally just talked about with um, someone called Matthew Friars, who's a, a teacher at Biola University. The thing about studying and education, about having the credentials to speak on something. Mm. Um, and I also talked to, do you know Frank's movement? No. He's, uh, he's another uh, fitness YouTuber who, who made a pretty big, like a long explanational video about the one-arm pull-up. Mm. He made more videos, obviously, but that's like his main video, I feel like. And we talked about also, you know, he's a physical therapist um, who also studied and... It's interesting the the whole educational system that you can actually learn a lot online, but a lot of people still f go to school and formal education. Mm. Um, I have a, a I'm, I'm a bit split on the whole formal education thing because obviously it's it's nice to have a formal education because you have a background, you have the credentials, you have something that you can prove you've been through, and also. Um, um, what was I going to say? And also, going through the, the, the formal education, you know exactly what you'll be taught. 
the the teachers there's the curriculum so mm. if you study online if you study by yourself you might not know what you'd have to look into and you might not also know if it's correct what you're reading or not mm. so that's the whole benefit about formal education i guess yeah i think it really is um i think if you had to do like studying by yourself you'd have to have a really good um not like bullshit detector um but you'd have to be very skeptical of everything like at university and, and school in general you get everything served yeah but also still with a skeptical um how do you say like approach mm. um uh, that's yeah very important so we we get presented one study that says something um interesting about something fitness related training related and we're all like you know on the first year and people are like oh that's super cool and then the teacher uh, after presenting it all the teacher would be like okay so 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 can we actually conclude that yeah. now do you actually believe that now just because this one study yeah. has said it right and then we're all like okay maybe not mm. uh what do you mean and then he explains like one study is not enough uh, necessarily and then you learn about meta analyses mm. and so i think exactly what you're saying uh there's a lot of bullshit online a lot of stuff to navigate through and it's actually in some way easier to take a formal mm. education yeah. because you get everything presented handed to, yeah. or handed to you mm. on a silver platter yeah. basically right and and you get um when you write a bachelor's uh, project you you have a scientist um or uh, it doesn't have to be a scientist i had a scientist assigned uh, as my like uh, guide mm. um to help me and uh yeah so mm. yeah yeah exactly and i i feel like that that is kind of what you do on your youtube channel as well you kind of look at the bullshit stuff online and and kind of clarify it right yeah that's a that's the thing i've been doing on my uh, christian nilsson channel uh for those who don't know i have two channels i have my fitness channel calisthenics unity and then i have my christian nilsson channel more like a personal channel where i can make content make videos on whatever i want but it's mostly fitness related mm. so uh so it could be someone i see out there who's putting out information that i not only disagree with but it, which i think could be you know build a case yeah. against um that it's basically bullshit um then i like to talk about it mm. and i think when you put something out there you are um i mean you you can't avoid criticism people no. criticize me as well and i i think that's super cool um if i can learn anything from it mm. that's great and there's no one that should be um how do you say like hidden from criticism yeah um, no one should be protected from yeah, it. yeah exactly exactly yeah nothing should be yeah. it's uh it's it's really interesting because you also have a lot of kind of controversial um videos talking mm -hmm. about controversial things are you ever afraid to be canceled um not really i'm not nearly uh big enough uh to be canceled i mean i don't have uh, enough reach um so i mean if suddenly there were articles made about something i said or something like that i think it would only be to my own benefit in mm. some way cool, yeah um it's more like if you're the biggest uh, youtuber on the platform uh, and you say something uh, stupid uh, then then it's not good yeah. i think Um, but no, I'm not nearly f uh, famous enough mm. or anything like that uh, to to worry about that. I think. 
Um, yeah, I think you're right as far as like culture goes, as far as like actual human beings judging or whatever. But maybe perhaps the social media platforms themselves mm. could silence right. you essentially. Right. Yeah, uh, that's a thing where I, you know, have been uh, silenced a bit, not to sound like yeah, like a conspiracy type, but sometimes if I make a video on something just about something you know social politics or social justice just in that area um then the video gets demonetized yeah. it's not even because i'm anti-social justice because like you know we all like justice it's mm. only about how you define social yeah. justice um but i would say i'm of course i'm for social justice right uh but just if if that's the if that's in the video then it can get demonetized yeah. and obviously that will make you less inclined to talk about it mm. in the future. So that can be a bit annoying how that works. Do you think that will change at some point? That YouTube will like loosen their grip on these sort of things? Oh, I, I don't think I'll, I'll guess on that. No? I think that's impossible <laughs> to say. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course. I don't think I have any qualified uh, guess to say. Um, I'm not sure what, what it will look no. like in the future. Uh, I think personally, for me, I'm not obviously not qualified to give out. Well, like of course we can give out. Our Everyone opinions. can give a guess and opinion of course. for sure. Yeah. Um, but I would I wouldn't know. Of course. Um, I think we are. I hope and I think we are slowly moving towards a society where we can speak a bit more freely now without being attacked. Um, but as far as the platforms go, I'm not sure because it's all about business for them. Mm. They they don't care about you know they might they don't care about your opinions as long as you know the the um, the investors are happy yeah, the putting ad money yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. so they yeah, yeah I, they don't care but I think as a society we are slowly starting to be able to speak more freely there was so many people getting canceled just a few years ago and I I don't know I feel like it's slowing down a little bit now I don't mm -hmm. know if you've noticed that at all yeah i don't think that much about it anymore and i think also it's important to to um just distinguish i mean being able to speak freely in a society and then being able to speak freely on a platform especially if it's privately owned mm. right so i mean we have free speech in our society obviously yeah. especially I mean, here where, where we live in Denmark, mm -hmm. um, so I can only speak for Denmark, of course. But then if you have a platform, you know, technically it's, especially if it's privately yeah. owned, it's their rules mm -hmm. that you kind of have to follow. So, I mean, you, you could build a case that if you say something that's against their guidelines and you get kicked off, it's not because it's it violates your free speech or anything mm -hmm. like that. Um but I understand why it, it can feel like that because yeah. social media is such a big part yeah. of our society and our culture, mm -hmm. right? But there is a distinction there to be made. Of I course, think. Yeah. of course. Yeah, you are right about that. I wanted to go back to your bachelor's project yeah, because sure. I think um, the topic was really interesting. Can you describe it briefly? Yeah, yeah, I can try to describe it briefly. Uh, <laughs> just uh, let me know if I'm going uh, over time on it. Um, but uh, basically, we were investigating uh, the physical function uh, level um, for multiple sclerosis uh, patients. 
So yeah, that's a, a de- degenerative disease that attacks your central nervous system. And um, one way to treat it uh, is with uh, medicine, uh, of course, but actually training has been shown to have a very positive effect on the physical function for MS, multiple sclerosis patients. Um, and you know, physical function can be defined as your ability to complete like basic daily tasks, um, mm. like daily activity thing, like uh, standing up from a chair, sitting down, walking, and stuff like that. So that's basic physical function, and that really uh, your level of physical function really drops uh, over time when you have MS. Um, so then the question was basically like which is better um cardio training like aerobic training or strength uh training uh, anaerobic training and uh, that's what we investigated yeah Yeah. nice how do you develop multiple sclerosis is Mm -hmm. that how you pronounce it yeah multiple sclerosis Sclerosis. yeah that's one of the unclear things uh the the pathologic pathology and the etiology etiology uh, i studied it in danish mm. so i might have the the english word wrong but i think it's etiology basically the whole process behind like why you get the disease and all of that is uh, not clear at mm. the moment uh, there are, there have been found correlations um, between low levels of vitamin d um, and uh, smoking, for example, that can make it uh, worse uh, or, or increase your chances of, mm. of getting multiple sclerosis. Um, but as far as uh, as genetics, how they play, I mean, we there have um, been observed some um, genetic, um, how do you say, properties that can... Um, increase your chances of getting ms but it's still very unclear mm. so it's there's so not scary. a clear answer it yeah. can hit every uh, anyone yeah. yeah it's really scary it's very scary yeah is it uh does it hit your muscles or your joints your bones it hits your central nervous system so that's your brain mm. all the way down to your spine okay um and uh so so like it can affect you uh, cognitively as well mm. it's not only physical function it can also be your like mental uh, ability as well but let's say it manifests somewhere in your spine um your spine from the central nervous system goes out to the peripheral nervous system out to your muscles so if something is wrong in your spine it can affect uh your your ability uh mm. your your function in your okay. grip and in your walking ability and and all of that so it's pretty scary yeah it's really scary if if uh anyone wants to quit smoking or has a hard time quitting smoking just reading about uh, a disease like that and knowing that you increase your risk of getting multiple sclerosis that should be enough enough. (laughs) like i i got actually a bit scared just from reading that it could hit Mm. anyone i actually had a friend who got ms oh yeah yeah and he was actually like really um really uh um, how do you say good in in calisthenics like Mm -hmm. he was doing handstands and uh and all of that yeah Uh, that was a bit scary man and is how old is he he is older than me he's like 32 or something and i trained with him sometimes now he moved to uh, Aarhus, so i haven't seen him for years uh, but i hope he's doing well (laughs) yeah you haven't heard how he's doing no Mm. no interesting so 
in your project, you also talked about, you know, as you said, the different training methods that can help. Mm. Um, so what was the conclusion on that? Well, for our um, bachelor's thesis, basically it looks like a scientific article and that's how like we should um, uh, write it more or less. But it's important to know that um, always all the time when you when you make uh, always when you make like a bachelor's thesis and even a master's thesis, uh, it's it's not a proper scientific article. Mm -hmm. For example, we were connected to a project which is eventually going to be in a proper study, like our scientific article, peer reviewed and all of that. And that's where we got our data from. Um, so when they're done with that project in a few years, they'll have data from, uh, I think it was 100, 100 uh, cl um, uh, patients mm. in all. But we only got data from 11 mm. patients. So if you only have 11 um, subjects in your study, you can't say anything, basically. Like whatever the statistical uh, analyses you make whatever they show whatever however significant uh, p-values you find it's not like significant mm. <laughs> to say anything but um we're not sure if it was because of coincidence or because there was actually a trend in the data we had but it showed as expected that both training mod modalities had a positive effect mm. um, and, and changed their physical function level. Yeah. So how, I'm trying to understand, how does training actually like help? Like, you know what I mean? Like how? Hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> that's a, that's a, I think that's a big question, but it's basically the same way it helps uh, everyone else. So as you uh, do resistance training, for example, and if you can elicit a, a hypertrophy response in your muscles and you can build some muscle and you can activate the motor neurons and, and mm -hmm. basically uh, increase your neural drive and all those things, that's mm -hmm. the exact same thing that happens for MS patients as it happens for normal, like non-MS people. Um, so maybe some MS patients won't actually be able to build muscle, but a hypertrophy response can just mean that you'll maintain the muscle mm -hmm. you have instead of losing it because okay. of MS. Because if you don't like, uh, if you're not physically active and you don't do training and you have MS, uh, that can make it even worse. Then, you know, you, you, your muscle will fade away basically mm. over time when you don't use it. Um, so yeah, that's basically how that goes. Can you see? Can you see it physically if you have MS? Like, is, is does it, do you get a lump like for with cancer, for example, or how would you know if you have it? Mm. Besides, of course, you talked about less cognitive functionality. Some people, I mean, okay, so there are two ways I could answer the question. Like, some people you cannot tell if they have MS, like when you talk to them and stuff. Other people will be in a in a, in a wheelchair. Um, and in as and the other way I could answer the question is how like we detect mm. MS. I okay. don't know which one you meant, but uh, MR uh, scans okay. uh, can show changes um, in your spine and and some like white matter. Uh, this is not something I know a lot about the methods of mm. detecting it, um, but you can have um, 
radiologically isolated syndrome. That is the first like uh, degree of MS you can have where you just spot like one like little thing. Uh, and that's often something you see not because you're looking for it, because, but because you're looking for something else. Mm, okay. Then you scan a person and then you see that. And uh, if that develops, it can turn into clinically isolated syndrome. And uh, then after that, you can get uh, some of the other types of MS. So it can develop uh, and mm. get worse. Yeah. Oh, it, it really gives me the creeps, man. I have, I have real anxiety for like disease oh, and yeah, getting yeah. sick. Oh, I yeah. hate that stuff. Yeah. But then it, don't read about it. Yeah. Then. <laughs> no, it's but scary. It, it is important yeah. to know about it, mm. and you know, important to know how to. Um, not get it yeah and make it better for others uh, does have it yeah that that was really something i felt was very meaningful with the project we did not because our uh project um gives anything significant we cannot basically like what we can conclude is not necessarily something that reflects anything in the real world again because we had so little data Mm. but we were a part of the project as well in in the sense that we were training the the ms patients uh, multiple times a week so that was very meaningful i felt like Mm. uh, working with these people yeah Yeah. and seeing how much um like uh, joy they had even though Mm. they had this disease and uh, one of them was in a wheelchair like she was so awesome and and uh like you you find a way to tackle life Yeah. uh yeah yeah, that's awesome. I, I love that sort of stuff. It's 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 really cool. Um, I thought it would be fun. I'm, I'm changing up subjects yeah, here before I'm, I'm getting a panic attack. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, change. <laughs> I thought it would be interesting to, to talk to you as someone who coaches people in calisthenics and fitness to um, pick your brain on how to start fitness for someone who's brand new because... As we talked about before, you and I on the previous podcast, I you got me started into calisthenics, mm. essentially. You were the reason I started. So any tips, anything you can give the listeners on how to start, what to do, yeah. what not to do? For sure. Many things you can do. I would say planning is a huge thing. And uh, knowledge, obviously. You can spend a lot of time doing something. And if you don't do it right, you, you waste all that time. Some people think you have to go a lot to the gym and uh, and they don't know that you need rest days and then they get tired of going to the gym all the time. So that uh, destroys their consistency and so on. So I would say um, make a plan. And uh, if you know someone who can help you with fitness, if you have a friend who has uh, been successful with his uh, progress, or find uh, videos online on YouTube, Um, get a coach like me or someone else, uh, whether you need a physical uh, personal trainer or an online coach like uh, like I do mostly online coaching, but like get some help in some way, whether it's personal from a friend or someone or whether you find the help online on YouTube videos and stuff and then make a plan. And then I would say try to commit to that plan for two weeks and Mm. see how you feel. Like if you cannot, I mean, of course you could commit yourself two weeks. Like just take two Mm. weeks, commit to this, see how you feel afterwards. Because 
you know, all uh, everything uh, points towards training, not just being good physically, but also being good for your mental health. Mm -hmm. So even though you're not going to see any progress in two weeks, then um, you will feel better. Yeah, likely. (laughs) I think you're absolutely right. I think from and my own personal experience and and my friends who have gone to the gym and stopped going to the gym, gone back to the gym, I think the number one mistake that people make is probably they're not sticking to a plan. They're just either going to the gym, doing whatever, or or going to the gym for a few weeks, then they won't go to the gym for a month, and then Mm. go back and complain about why they're not seeing results. Yeah, inconsistency. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You have to be consistent. And uh, that's really also what I work with many uh, of my clients with is basically habits Mm -hmm. because motivation, habits, all of these things. Imagine when you brush your teeth uh, every morning and every evening. It's not because you need like a huge motivation boost to brush your teeth. Um, And I know it's a simple task, but the reason uh, you don't need like motivation to do that is because it's just a habit. It's a part of your daily routine. You just do it and you don't think much about it. And that's where I want to go with many of my clients. And that's where I am as well. It's like training is just a, you know, part of my week. And for example, I know like sometimes it's good to take maybe four days off, maybe five days off, also like injury prevention, mm-hmm. maybe once or twice a year. But like, I don't, I don't really want to do it. Like when I do it, I, I miss training yeah. because you, you get so used to it yeah. that it's just um, a, a part of your life and, mm-hmm. and it's your habit. So you just do it. Yeah. Like that's where you want to get to preferably, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And habits will lead to discipline. And, you know, motivation can come and go, but if you have discipline and the habits, you'll just get it done. Exactly. You don't need the motivation. Exactly. Yeah. So what, what is some of your mistakes that you've made along the way? Hmm. That's a good question. I would say in the beginning where I was like extremely uh, hyped on calisthenics um, and like just really, really motivated. Um, I definitely made made some mistakes in terms of um, of uh, not like having breaks. So like mm. let's say the day I got my first muscle up, and uh, I have a video of that as well. You can find it on my Instagram, Christian Nilsson, <laughs> or Calisthenics Unity as well. Um, <laughs> it was a pretty funny vi- video. Like I get up and I, I'm like, oh, yeah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big moment, right? So what do I do the next day? I go down again to the Mm. gym to try to do more muscle ups because I was so hyped. Mm. Like I had dreams, like literal dreams when I was sleeping, like those sort of dreams, like doing muscle ups. Um, So I just went down there again and did some more muscle ups. And guess what? I got injured in my elbow for, yeah, about a month I was out. So it's just uh, being stupid and Mm. again that was not a part of the plan to go down because I was training every second day to get Mm. that one day rest yeah so I went like off the plan and then I got injured Um, but otherwise um, I wish that I had more like mistakes (laughs) I feel like it's been it went pretty well all along um yeah okay one mistake i made yeah probably yeah actually the biggest mistake i made overall was letting it become too much i guess um 
I think that that but that's not like a fitness thing that's a general thing if you find something you really mm. love be careful you don't burn out mm. with it because I completely overdid it and it completely took over my personal personality I I you know identified way too much with it and it was basically the only thing I thought of and cared about and then you like if that happens then there is a higher chance of you suddenly burning out and yeah. having to step away from it to find a balance in it which is what happened to me so i was out for almost a year not training around 2017 2018 right yeah and that was important for me to take that break because that taught me afterwards how to find a balance with it and i've been way happier mm. uh, ever since yeah. then so yeah, that's just uh, that's probably the biggest mistake I, I made. Yeah, that's cool. I can sort of relate to you on that. Not with fitness, but I did TikTok for three or four years, and I really started to identify myself as the character I was on camera. Okay, yeah. And it sounds so silly, but you know we can relate to each other, so you know as well. It's like once that is taken away from you, once. TikTok is taken away from me. Once fitness is taken away from you, you feel like nothing because you put your full identity into one thing Hmm. and that can become so dangerous. Yeah. So I think there is a distinction. Like you say TikTok was taken away from you. No, no, no. It's just an example. Like if Hmm. I identify myself as like this person on TikTok and then all of a sudden TikTok gets banned in the world. You know, I would have nothing. I would feel like nothing. Or if I broke both my arms yeah. or got MS or something mm-hmm. and couldn't uh, like be the same yeah. in, in the fitness industry. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Uh, that that can be the danger of identifying too much with something. I just wanted to clarify that it was not because fitness was like taken away from me. Mm, it no, was no, no, it was yeah. my decision to leave it. Basically, yeah. Yeah. I know, I know. What yeah, you yeah, mean. but yeah. but that that is a danger mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. I remember, um, I, I remember seeing the the clip of you getting your first muscle up. It's, <laughs> it's so awesome. Um, I wish I had more clips and videos of me achieving, you know, my first muscle up, first pull up, whatever. But I, I remember specifically my first muscle up. I I ran in the house and just yelled at my mom, <laughs> "Look at this! Come see this! I did a muscle up." I was so proud. You know, those moments are so cool. Mm. And that's just another thing that fitness can give you: so much joy and yeah shape you so much like we talked about last time getting disciplined sticking to a plan that can lead to so much other things in life yeah learning the satisfaction of um having success and completing the the goals or achieving the goals you you have set for yourself even if it's just like getting your first Mm pull-up then set a new goal getting your first five pull-ups getting your first muscle up all those small steps yeah. uh, on on the way of maybe a bigger goal of gaining 15 kilograms of muscle yeah. maybe over two years or mm-hmm. something like that. All those small like sub goals, you know, the satisfaction you get from them, they can just teach you a lot because you can apply that to other aspects of your life. Absolutely. And learning to enjoy the journey. As mm. you said, you know, the smaller goals instead of having... I mean, for me, at least in the beginning, I think that's a mistake that I made in the beginning. I was too focused on on the end goal. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's a mistake. Yeah. yeah. And when I wouldn't progress, I would get frustrated. And sometimes I just wanted to give up because I was so focused on the end goal instead of enjoying the process. It's so much healthier to just live in the moment. <laughs> yeah. 
For sure. Yeah, that's a great piece of advice you gave there. Yeah, care more about the the process than the end goal, for sure. Have the end goal in mind, of course. Focus more on the sub goals and the things you have to do to get there and then enjoy what you do mm. to get there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You um, you were traveling. Mm. We just talked about this before the podcast. You went to Spain. Yeah. How another piece of advice to the listeners. How do you stay fit and healthy while traveling? Yeah. So I went to Spain for 10 days and we were six, uh, six of my or five of my buddies and me. Um, and uh, whenever I go travel, um, I don't really think that means I should stop training uh, because I don't see training as like a chore. Mm. It's a way for me to uh, like de-stress and makes me relaxed as well. And again, I enjoy the process. So it's always important for me to find a way to train. So actually... <laughs> Um, maybe that's this sounds a bit like fitness obsessed, but like two months before we were going, I did research to find a gym mm. in that local area where we were gonna stay. So I already had it planned. Again, planning yeah. is key, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I found it, and it was only two euro per session. You just went over there and paid for it, yeah. and then you then you had gym access. So that was awesome. Then sometimes you don't, you're not able to to have access to a gym, of course. So for that, I always bring a resistance okay. band and I bring my rings. Mm. Um, because rings, you can always uh, hook them up to a tree or oh, yeah. something. Then you can do pull-ups pretty much anywhere. And uh, a resistance band is just nice to have. Um, yeah. If you don't have a tree, so you, you you're not able to do pull-ups you can still do some stuff with the resistance band like bicep curls maybe do like a bit of uh, rows so you can get uh, your back muscles engaged a bit um and uh yeah i, I think that's uh, that's that's my advice like bring some light equipment um and find find a place to train if you can you can search you can look up calisthenics park uh in in that uh, area you're going to You can look up gym, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's literally the cool thing about calisthenics. You yeah. don't, you don't need a gym. <laughs> nah, you actually don't need a gym. It's nice to have yeah. uh, when you're in Spain and it's uh, 30 yeah. degrees Celsius. Um, but I have trained under the sun in Greece during summer, just like at a playground, yeah. and doing muscle ups. Um, so yeah, you can definitely still do it. But yeah, yeah, yeah I think. Probably the one problematic thing about, if, say, if you wanted to train at like your hotel or something like that, probably the pull muscles yeah. would be the hardest to train. Exactly. Right? Because so, as you said, you could bring some equipment, some some resistance bands, some rings. So it's good advice. Mm. Absolutely. Did you? Uh, I, and I wanted to say I don't think it's obsession necessarily. No, no. Um, I know it isn't, but to some people, it's yeah. gonna sound like some people are gonna be like, bro. You're going on a vacation, essentially. Yeah. Why are you working out even on that? Like, get a break. Um, I, and yeah, if it fit the schedule that I had, you know, that tactical rest for, mm. you know, injury prevention and all that, I could put it somewhere in that vacation, not all of it, but maybe five days after. Yeah. But then it would be tactical. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I feel like still, it's like saying you should, just because you're on vacation, you should quit eating food. Like, <laughs> essentially, fitness it's so important and you know 
I don't want to sound cringe or anything, but everybody should exercise, literally everybody. And it should be first-hand nature to everybody. Mm. It should be as important as eating food, literally. Your body needs to move. I would say if you don't eat food, you die. If you don't uh, (laughs) do some sort of movement, you're not necessarily going to die. So I would say technically food is more important. But I completely agree. You can build a case pretty easily uh, that you should Mm. train in some way. You could even build, I would say, a moral argument. Uh, You should, like you ought to do some physical exercise because it's not only good for yourself, but it's also going to impact people around you the way you are, Mm. right? So I would say whether it's fitness, uh, strength training, whether it's running or dancing, like you should find something to do that Mm -hmm. you're excited about for sure. Absolutely. I think that's also one thing that's a big problem for a lot of people who can't get into fitness is they just don't find it fun. Mm. But then all of a sudden they find this one thing like running or dancing yeah, and they get into it. Try some different things like uh, even if it's CrossFit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not to hate on CrossFit, but like just find something like try different things, weight training, calisthenics, uh, running, dancing, whatever, uh, MMA. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you do anything besides resistance training? I do primarily calisthenics and weighted calisthenics. And then I sometimes do a bit of like weight training as well. Um, so like when I've done, let's say weighted pull-ups and then maybe a set without weight when I'm getting tired and, um, I don't have any more juice left, then I think it's really nice to do a set of bicep curls Mm. if I'm in at the gym anyways. I think it's fine to be a calisthenics person, but Mm. I also think you shouldn't be like religious about it. I mean, um, it's always good to end off with an isolating exercise, Mm -hmm. right? But it's still mostly calisthenics and obviously in the summer when I'm mostly outside, then you don't have equipment to do curls and stuff like that. So then I'll do some uh, uh, rows uh, like Australian pull-ups, but maybe focus more on on the curling part. Uh, What was the question again? I completely lost it. Uh, (laughs) What was the question? Mm. What was the question? Uh, Something about... I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I find it hard to to work outside now that I've gone to this level of calisthenics. You Mm -hmm. know, with weight training, it's a lot easier, obviously, to progressively overload. With calisthenics, it's a bit harder. You have to be a bit more creative. I really like to do weighted calisthenics as well, weighted pull-ups, weighted dips. Those are a little bit harder to do outside Mm. to bring, like, 50 kilograms of weights with you in your backpack and go down to the park well, it doesn't have to be 50 kilograms. No, of course I not. have a 16 kilogram kettlebell over there and I put it in my bag and uh, that's no problem. Mm. Up on the bicycle, then go to the park. Okay. Then I have my weight belt and my kettlebell and then you can do pull-ups, for example, with 16 kilograms extra. It's mm. better than nothing. Of course, uh, yeah. Of course, it, it's depending on your level. You shouldn't just do weighted calisthenics uh, because... It's cool or something. You should start doing weighted calisthenics when you've built like a proper mm, course, foundation. Yeah. yeah, I started doing weighted calisthenics about two years into my progress. But it's like sometimes you see people doing weighted muscle ups. Um, it's not to judge anyone, but like 
way before they can even do a strict muscle up yeah. without kipping. And then I'm like, personally, I would focus way more on cleaning yeah. cleaning up that muscle up rather than putting on extra weight and still kipping. Mm. Uh, but that's just my opinion, of course. But uh, I remember your question now before. It was if I did anything else uh, than oh, yeah. those things. I don't really do anything else. Um, sometimes I do some MMA boxing mm, with my cool. friends, but that's mostly for fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I like... Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty I, fun. I got into um, boxing and MMA a little bit uh, a few years ago with the whole YouTube boxing thing. Oh, yeah. Do you follow that at all? Actually, I've, I saw the... Um, the show that uh, Ian uh, Idubs oh, yeah, nice. hosted, mm-hmm. yeah, because I like Idubs. Mm-hmm. I think he's original, and I don't think he's a normie uh, type like many of the other mm. uh, YouTubers. Um, and then I've seen some highlights uh, because I wanted uh, to see like someone like Jake Paul or Logan yeah. Paul or KSI get get beat up. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it was really really fun the Idubs mm. thing, and I mm-hmm. I feel like it was way more. Um, like respectful in a way it was really a lot about boxing and and mma and not just about like the hype of oh can he you know get the knockout it was way more about boxing as a sport and i saw some podcasts with idubs afterwards talking about and all that Mm. so yeah that was really cool definitely i agree yeah Yeah. um it's funny because i'm (laughs) i'm a sucker for entertainment i love the whole uh calling each other out the press conferences yeah, is just going crazy um I, I love that sort of stuff are you gonna watch the um who's gonna fight jake paul versus some guy who's i don't I, I don't know no you're not I, I don't follow it that much mm. but i'll probably watch it yeah. yeah i think it's entertaining i watch some mma sometimes as well and it's fun yeah i mean yeah what's it your is. favorite fighter like in uh let's do it real real mma or what's fake MMA? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, fake MMA would be YouTube boxing ah, or okay, really? But yeah, that's not MMA. That's just boxing. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think I watch it enough to have a favorite uh, person uh, mm. personality. I just enjoy watching it sometimes. Um, and you know, when you see like YouTube boxing, you can't help but think like it would be pretty fun to it, try. Yes. <laughs> it would be pretty fun. I want to try it so bad. Yeah. God, man, the nerves. Could you imagine stepping into the ring, like 100,000 people watching? Yeah, I think it's easy for me to sit here and, and say that it would be pretty awesome, but I think <laughs> when it came to it, I think I would be so fucking nervous. Oh, yeah, in the uh, ring, man? Oof. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Scary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, props, even though like a lot of them can't box, but props to getting in the ring and doing it. Yeah, in front of do that you have a favorite fighter? Uh, in in real MMA, yes, <laughs> I like. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a sucker for Conor McGregor. I love the okay. show. Yeah. I also like um, Sean O'Malley. Mm-hmm. I think he's got to be my favorite. Yeah, you know who it is? I heard the name many times, but yeah. I don't have a face on him mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. He's, Again, he's I don't really watch it a lot. But, yeah, but yeah. he's also like Sean O'Malley does like the show type MMA in the ring, does cool tricks and like really mm. flashy. So not so square in the rings mm. lo- or the octagon that is more artistic. Yeah, about exactly. Like, but okay. he wins. He's so good. <laughs> He's so good. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. yeah. Chris, this has been an honor again. Once, uh, once again, thank you so much for coming on. I yeah. It was it. awesome meeting you in, uh, in 3d. This yeah. Time. In real life, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate it. So go ahead. You already plucked a little bit, but do it again for the listeners. Yeah, you can check out my YouTube channels, Christian Nelson and uh, Calisthenics Unity. And uh, the same on Instagram, Christian Nelson and Calisthenics Unity. You can check out my website as well, christiannelson.fit. 
If you uh, want to check out my online coaching, you can get a free consultation uh, over WhatsApp if you want. Yeah. Awesome. A bit of shameless plugging. Yeah, there. no, no, <laughs> of course. And uh, to the listeners, thank you so much for tuning in as always. Like and commenting, subscribing, all that good stuff. I appreciate it. Take it easy. Peace.